Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 65. Chris, Slava Ukraini. Yeah, uh, that is still going on. We talked about that last time. It's even, it doesn't, it makes even less sense now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, we're 12 days, 12 days into the invasion of Ukraine and uh, I still don't know what Russia's end game is. Uh, yeah. I keep falling into YouTube rabbit holes in a constrained way. I'm still getting my work done. Uh, that are all these analyses of what he could possibly be doing and the only narrative I'm hearing that stands up is that he didn't want it to go this way, but kind of felt trapped, and uh, he he lost the cover of like what the the media angle on this was supposed to be, what the justification was, and then he was like, ah, let's just go for it, and uh, now it's going horribly wrong. So I'm excited to see how this plays out, and hopefully it does not end in uh, nuclear uh, Armageddon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just an awful situation all around. So yeah. Uh, what did you get up to this last week? Yeah, so I had a big week. Uh, we talked last week. Well, first of all, my mic is working again, I believe. Um, Yay. Some combination of restarting my computer and getting a new Scarlett 2i2 uh, interface. One of those things worked. So, um, yeah, and then I just finished my machine learning test, um, which is probably boring to talk about, but that happened. Um, and then the big thing was I finished the acquisition of Meaning Place, or, or you know, I'm it's sold. So... Yeah, if you didn't hear last week, I decided to sell Meeting Place, sort of, not on a whim, that's not the right word, but I sort of just decided to check out MicroAcquire, uh, and yeah, so Meeting Place is completely sold now, it only took two weeks, and we can talk about that, like that was super fast, um, but yeah, so I have a celebratory uh, afternoon drink, because <laughs> celebrating, <laughs> celebrating that, plus my machine learning test. Congratulations, what a what a interesting life development, this, so uh, we, we talked a little bit about this, but uh, to, to recap, I think the, the reason to sell it is uh, you, you had a number in your head of like what you would be happy to sell it for. And presumably you were able to sell it for more than that number. After going through this work of listing it, you found that like people were willing to, to bid it uh, at or, or above that number. And now that it's gone, it's just like this mental burden of more bandwidth so that you can focus on other stuff. Is that about right? Yeah. Um, it was mostly about relieving the mental burden of it. Like I, I had all these ideas about what I wanted it to be. And every time mm -hmm. I was going to work on something else, uh, I felt guilty for not working on meeting place and mm -hmm. that's probably a sign that I sh should have worked on it more, but like I was, I was to the point where I, I either wanted to had to double down on it or let it go. And so I decided to let it go. Um, uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what you do with this new free psychic energy. Uh, tell me a little bit more about finalizing the deal. What, were there any surprises, anything that you would like to do for next time, the next time you sell a company and, uh, the things that like uh do, do you just get a check is it an ach transfer i'm i'm curious about how that process finished up yeah so it's it'll be a little different for so meeting place was uh the the final price was like if i would have just consulted the whole time then i would have gotten more money and so yeah. like that's the that's the level that we're dealing on but it's just still enough to be interesting to me um and that was one one reason we're able to you know finalize it so quickly like this isn't a huge company selling or i'm not selling to a huge company i'm just i was just selling to another developer so we were both able to work really quickly um i think the i think i sort of talked about this last time but the biggest the biggest problem was like uh just all of the accounts for meeting place were sort of integrated into my other accounts so like stripe was separate i knew to keep stripe separate so that's very mm -hmm. important in stripe you can just separate it that's easy but the rest were hard. Like the hardest one is S3. S3 doesn't allow you to transfer buckets between uh, user accounts. Hmm. And so you have to like 
use their CLI to like download and then sync all the objects and then sw switch it over in the app. So like that took a while to figure out, but um, I mean, overall it took, I think three or four sessions of an hour or two each uh, to transfer everything from me to him. Um, so yeah, all the accounts that we could transfer with root credentials, we did everything else like transfer from my account to his and everything. Um, yeah, so it went relatively smoothly, but keeping things separate is an important lesson probably. Um, I can talk about the bidding process a little bit too. So on MicroAcquire, you list it and then you have a bunch of bids come in or not bids really, you have a bunch of interest come in and then you, you know, meet with whoever wants to meet. And uh, then you start getting letters of intent, um, which are basically offers. And then as soon as you click, click accepts on one of the letters of intent, you can't message any of the buyers again, uh, which I didn't know I was, mm. I was going to. So I had, I, I had two offers in the end and I was going to accept one and tell the other person I accepted the other one. And I clicked accept on the letter of intent and I couldn't message the other guy anymore. Oh man. <laughs> um, and so he, he ended up emailing me actually outside and he was like, uh, so what happened? And I was like, yeah, sorry. I, I couldn't message you afterwards. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's how it went. And, and again, like it wasn't a giant company, so negotiations were relatively short and, uh, yeah. Um, so money is paid. It, it's, uh, so he's in Canada and I'm in the U S and so it was a little tricky getting international wires set up, but we did that. Mm. And then for the next two months, I'm technically on the hook for like, um, support basically. So like, uh, as he's getting ramped up in the app, uh, if you know, the service goes down or something, then I'm kind mm. of on call. Or if there's some complicated customer question that comes up, um, mm. then he's going to send me an email and I can help him out. So yeah, did that answer some questions? I can, I can talk about anything else, but uh, yeah, that's generally how it went. This app is conspicuously not titled, Dude, Where's My Web App? So presumably <laughs> yeah. you have the money in your bank account. How, how did that dance play out? How did, did he send the money first? Yeah, so we sort of did it in stages because partly because there's a limit to, there's a limit between his bank and my bank because of international whatever. Anyway, so he sent yeah. one payment and then we transferred. We, we had all the things that to transfer lined up in it sort of worked out that it, he was going to send a payment then we're going to transfer everything and he was going to send the rest but yeah. it sort of worked out that he had to break it up into multiple payments and we had to break it up over multiple sessions so he sort of like sent a payment and there's 24 hours between each of his payments mm. so um he sent a payment and then we transferred some of the assets and then he sent another one and we transferred some more and so it was kind of like uh we sort of um interleaved payment transfer and asset transfer not like on purpose that's just the way it kind of worked out um so it went pretty well from that perspective but yeah. i like that that seems balanced yeah yeah <laughs> keep trading yeah. one piece and, and keep going i'm curious about the code base the something i've been sort of baseline anxious about is if i ever sold one of my companies i'd i'm now sending all my code <laughs> to someone else and yeah now they're gonna be like christian this is a mess what, what are you selling me uh and i could also see difficulty in depending on what the stack is and depending on how many third-party services uh that when they get it it's just this ball of complexity and they have no idea what to do and there's this entire stack of like wow you are doing a lot of weird things in redis and i don't even know how redis works uh how how did you two frame that sort of complexity yeah so after you sign a letter of intent uh, then you enter due diligence um and for more complicated apps or or companies that would in, probably involve like a third party looking at your code or mm -hmm. even interviewing your developers and stuff like that for this one he just wanted a document with he listed a bunch of stuff out um and part of it was like all of the different services i use so mm -hmm. you know and where they're hosted so like mm -hmm. yeah redis postgres and all that where it's hosted and then um yeah like what the stack is and then also uh some screenshots of code so he didn't ask for all the code up front um but he just wanted to, like screenshots of the major parts of the code. And so that's how he did his code quality check basically. 
Um, yeah. And then also like verify Stripe revenue and um, uh, also like uh, uh, examples of customer emails. So he could see what kind of support comes in and at what, mm-hmm. what frequency. Um, yeah. So basically just like nothing super specific, but, but like high level overviews of big chunks of the app. And that was during due diligence. And so technically both either of us could have backed out at that phase because mm. we didn't sign a purchase agreement, just the letter of intent. Um, but then after he was re- happy with due diligence, he said an actual purchase agreement, which had like the actual amount and terms and all that stuff on it, mm. um, which were in the letter of intent as well, but that could change, you know, like one thing that you hear is, which is true is everything is a negotiation when mm. you, right up until you transfer everything or I guess sign the purchase agreement. That's like when it's a done deal, just things aren't transferred yet. Um, uh, and so, yeah, like he could have, you know, even though the price was set in a letter of intent, he could have changed it. Uh, for example, if something came up in due diligence or, or, or I could have cha- you know, said something different or whatever too, but yeah, it, it went pretty smoothly mostly because there's a, there's a small app. So, I mean, that's, that's super nice. Like if I was going to do it again, I'll try to sell a small app, <laughs> which is not like, <laughs> uh, not great advice if you want a lot of money, I guess. But, uh, yeah, selling a small app was not very stressful compared to what I've heard other people <laughs> talk about. Yeah. That does sound much more straightforward. So what, what I'm understanding is due diligence is his opportunity to poke around yeah. and figure out, is this a high quality app? Are there weird supports, uh, support requests coming in that I wouldn't be able to handle? Uh, that's, that's the tire kicking phase. And then, so, so him asking for like screenshots of your code and what the different services were that gave him a good enough picture of your code base that uh, he was comfortable buying it. Do, do you feel like based on the information you gave him in that due diligence that he had an accurate snapshot of what things were? Could you have, could you have hidden complexity in code debt in, in what he saw? Yeah, I think he got a good picture because I was I, like, I wanted this to go well. And so I was really upfront about all the, um, anything that I thought he thought, he might think would be weird yeah okay so anything that that i that i thought he might be surprised by i was really upfront about if i was less truthful i probably yeah could have hidden a lot of things especially because you know like he didn't hire some third-party firm to go through all of the code or all of the customer emails or anything like that um just because you know it's like that would have probably cost you know i don't know several thousand dollars by itself um and so uh yeah so it just wasn't worth it you know but he was taking a bit of a gamble um that I was being truthful when I represented my stuff, you know? Yeah. Got it. Okay. That, that sounds like it's reasonable. If it was a bigger deal, you would want to invest more in due diligence. He yeah. was taking a risk because it was a smaller app and he, he's, there's a certain amount of trust. That's, that's kind of nice for you because like the money is money either way. <laughs> like yeah. the, the, the asymmetry there seems like it benefits you more for smaller apps than it would for larger apps for larger apps. Like, they're investing a lot to vet to make sure that it's actually what you say it is. But for smaller apps, you're still getting the money and the money is money. Uh, you don't need to verify the quality of the money uh, <laughs> in a wire transfer. But but potentially, if you were dishonest, you could be sending him a, a fragile code base or something. Yeah. Fun. Okay. I'm, I'm getting a much clearer picture of how this stance works. And I think I'm much less afraid of it than I was before. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence about like, if I want to be doing this, cause there's smaller apps. Like uh, there's an app I made in college called textbooks, please. That's a textbook search engine. The idea is college textbooks are stupidly expensive, but if you shop around for them, you can save like 90% off of what the bookstore uh, sells you. So my method in college was 
well, I know about these four different sites where you can buy books, like Abe Books and Amazon and uh, whatever, uh, eBay. So let me, for each of my books, for each of my classes, so we're talking about like 10 books, let me go through each of these four sites. So we're talking about like 40 different searches. And uh, then I'll buy it on the cheapest site. And uh, of course, the thing to do there is just to make a program to do it for you. So the only thing you have to do is say like, okay, well, here are my books, go shop and all the sites for me. And then a next step of abstraction from that is, well, here are my classes. So given my list of classes, find the books and then shop on each site. So I made a site that did that. And it, it's the first uh, and most glorious, just so nice uh, way that I made money on the internet. And like the first <laughs> time I got actual money in my bank account from like a thing that I made, it was just, and man, I... I was in ecstasy. Uh, it was so cool. I <laughs> felt magical. Um, and so that was what, like 2011 that this thing has just been sort of chugging along and it makes like, I don't know, $2,000 a year. Uh, and it's, I, I refreshed the code base recently cause I was using it as a way to learn react and more of this serverless stuff. So it's a, it's a modern code base and it works well and it's still making money. And like, that's the first thing that comes to mind if I was going to sell something, but I sort of have an emotional attachment to it of like, it doesn't take <laughs> yeah. anything to operate. And uh, okay, if it's making $2,000 a year, what am I going to sell it for? Like five grand, 10 grand if the, if the multiple is crazy. Uh, and it's not that complicated. Like anyone who's buying this, I would like you just make your own. Um, so I, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I don't have a, an email list or something of college students who are uh, buying textbooks from me. So, I don't know what to do. Uh, I would like to practice selling things, but I don't know that. I, I guess I guess file inbox would make the most sense to sell, but like I'm right in the middle of just totally revamping the the uh, code base, and then from that, that's going to swing into okay. Well, now I finally feel free to market this thing emotionally because I've solved the two biggest problems that were holding me back of the technical debt and the infrastructure stuff and uh, customer support. So maybe I think loosely I'm going to frame this as like in a year revisit this question and in the meantime just focus on growing file inbox and then if i can get a nice graph where like the revenue is going up into the right uh make that calculation of like okay well is is this worth more to me as it is or would this be better if i just had a bunch of cash and could uh release this from my brain and move on to the next the next project does that sound about right yeah i think so i think in the situation you're in right now you are at a place where you, I mean, you're cranking away pretty well on file inbox. And so, yeah, if you, if you are able to show, you know, a graph that's up in the right for customers, then uh, you'll, your multiple will be higher basically. And so, yeah, I think it, if you want to maximize the price that you get for it and you're happy to work on it, then yeah, I would work on it for a little longer and get the graph up another right. Cool. Okay. That's a good sanity check. Uh, I don't have a ton to talk about. Do you, do you have anything else you want to mention uh -huh. from last week? I think I mentioned this last week. I'm I'm now in rank or place like number ten on the Snowwater competition, which means I probably won't uh, won't finish in top five. Um, I'm in place number sixteen. Me and my team on the Kaggle competition, place sixteen out of like two thousand people. Wow. Um, we want to be at like I think place twelve or something like that. I think there's like twelve places uh, for money, <laughs> and so okay. uh, which which is high. Like usually it's like three or five, um, but this one's at twelve, and so we're working really hard. There's only like a week left on that. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And then this machine learning test, which I'm now done with. Uh, I was as prepared as I was going to be for it. Um, you know, whatever. It's a test. And uh, there there were some questions uh, that, like, um, 
I thought I knew exactly what I was doing, and at the end of it, it was sort of a weird answer. And whenever you get kind of a weird answer on a test, you're a little curious because, like, usually test answers are nice and tidy. Mm. And so I hope that I at least did most of the process right. And if the answer is wrong, at least, you know, I get partial credit. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I've been doing. So now I can forget everything I learned in the first half of the machine learning course because the second test is non-cumulative. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Congrats on Oh, we we can talk about... Yeah, we can talk about uh, we did co-working this last week. Um, yes. And so I pushed forward the Slack app that I'm working on. And uh, yeah, so I can talk about that a little. And then you pushed forward file inbox, I guess. So yeah, do you want to talk about yes. this? I would love to. I'd love to start by saying like sometimes when I find new productivity hacks, it's a shiny new thing. And it's like, ah, <laughs> all I had to do was have a physical tomato timer on my desk. And now ah, that's the thing that, that helps me. And... That usually happens like around day 10 that the the luster kind of wears off. And that has not happened yet. And so I'm feeling real optimistic. Uh, and this is something that other people have talked about. I've I've heard this idea that if you have a uh, accountability buddy, uh, it, it helps you go forward. And I've already talked about how upset I am that this actually worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how simple am I that that's, that's all I needed. Uh, but like this, this feels transformative. This feels like the... Uh, I, I need this in my life now. Um, seeing the results of it, comparing before and after the amount of work I was getting done on File Inbox versus these last two weeks. We we had another week of uh, I got nine hours and 14 minutes done on File Inbox, uh, which I think was very close to what I got uh, the week before. Yeah, nine hours and 26 minutes. Um, and that's partially because I haven't finished my fourth bomb today. Um, so like jamming, fantastic. And only uh, six hours and 15 minutes of that was with you. But I found this week, I tried to mentally simulate a little bit more that, like, my accountability was still there even if you weren't there. So on, uh, I, I took a day off in the middle of the week to do paramotor stuff. And then uh, on Saturday and Sunday, I did two palms each to, like, make up for it. And uh, because this habit of, like, I sit down and I push this keyboard command on my keyboard and that starts my music playing and starts the timer and uh, two other things. Uh, and, you know, that's a thing that I'd practiced four times a day for, for almost every weekday uh, the week before. It was easier to get into that on the weekend too. So I'm, I'm loving this system. It's so good. Uh, I got so much done and I'm, I'm just like steadily marching towards this place of the, this, <laughs> this huge project of making file inbox serverless uh, is finally going to get done. So I'm, I'm feeling really happy about it overall. Um, so yes, how, how are you feeling about it? And also what did you get done last week? Yeah, uh, really similar. Like I've been wanting to do this Slack app thing, right? And it, I enjoy it when I work on it, but like other things were getting in the way, like the cow competition, which I also enjoy working on my machine learning class, which I have to work on because I signed up for it. Um, and so I had, like, I just had too many things going on in order to properly prioritize everything. So what this does is this gives me like, you know, two dedicated hours every day to work on the Slack app stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. And I think I will. So my, my new goal, microconf is in like three weeks. Uh, yeah. my new goal is to finish and get it in the Slack app store by microconf. Um, I think before my goal was to do it in like a week and we both talked about how like we vastly, uh, underestimate the amount of work yeah. <laughs> for both of our projects, <laughs> um, which is pretty funny, but, um, yeah, uh, th- this week was a little weird. So I, I was getting everything ready for meeting place, the asset transfer. So like several of the palms this week were, um, like 
listing all the services and figuring out how to transfer all of them and, and that kind of stuff. So I, I did that. I still counted that towards uh SAS work <laughs> so, mm. so I could work on it during the palms. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm excited that it works. I, th- I think it, it, it makes work that you have to do like, uh, take file inbox and make it serverless. And it just makes it less scary. You know, it's like, instead of make file inbox, le- uh, serverless, it's, you know, Chris is going to be on, so I better be on. Yeah. Uh, and I better be working on SAS related stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the whole goal. Um, yes. and so, yeah, just by simplifying the actual goal, uh, means we actually get work done. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it much less scary. And then the, the intermediate goals of like, well, if I was by myself, the threshold for just messing around for 25 minutes would be much lower or mm-hmm. like delaying starting work. But knowing that like Chris and I are starting at the same time and in 25 minutes, I'm going to have to say at least one thing of what I did yeah. to Chris. Like, okay, well, I might as well do this thing. And then that, that rolls into uh, actually getting stuff done. So that, that feels really good. Um, I like setting a goal for microconf. I, three weeks, man, in, in digging into this, like, it's just exploded in complexity of what I thought I would need to get done. Like th- there is a place that I feel like I could get that would be meaningful in three weeks, but I don't, I don't know where to set that flag. I'll have to think mm-hmm. about that because I want to have much more realistic expectations. Of like, okay, based on the pace <laughs> that I've done for the last three weeks, like that's probably yeah. the pace I'm going to keep going on for the back, for the uh, next three weeks. Um, so what, what is twice the amount of work that I've gotten done so far? And what would that look like? Um, Interesting. I uh, I, have, I have two interesting things I want to talk about with you on this topic. The first is I have nothing else to talk about that I did this last week. I did some stuff with like paramotoring and I, I hung up with my family, but like I didn't push forward my flashcard app at all. And I have no crazy hot take ideas for you of like... <laughs> uh, uh, what if we had Tinder for dogs? <laughs> if we want to walk your dog with none of that. Um, and I don't know how to feel about that. Like I've tuned the dial to be more convergent as opposed to divergent. And I, I like the result of that better, but I also kind of don't cause it's kind of fun to have a bunch of ideas that be, be pulled in different directions. I think I don't want to lose that ability to, to, have different ideas and to go in different directions and uh i think i was too far on that side of the spectrum before uh and i don't want to lose that um and what that might look like is uh if i was more disciplined about the rest of my day well no because I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that like i have this really structured time and then unstructured time i don't know i'm uh, i'm 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 chewing on this idea of like I've, I've lost a little bit of that divergent creative spark. Uh, and if that's the trade-off, so be it. But I think I would want to do this more seasonally or, or something. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So my first thought is that that probably sounds like growth. <laughs> um, like it's <laughs> getting stuff done is, is good generally. Um, the other yeah. thing is I wouldn't at all worry about losing the ability to be divergent. Like, yeah, I, you know, see in your personality that you will always have ideas. And so don't, don't worry <laughs> about that. Um, I think things come in seasons, right? It's, it's good to have, uh, kind of like what we were talking about. So last time with John Cleese's open versus closed, that's what you're talking about. The divergent versus convergent. Mm-hmm. And you have to have like, you just had several months of kind of his open mode <laughs> version. Um, and he recommends like doing it uh, a few hours, you know, like every week or something, but, uh, you had like several months of that. And so I think it's good to turn that down and turn up the, the, um, part where you actually go into closed mode and get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you know you'll kind of oscillate but like i i've talked about before like i notice oscillations in what i find interesting so recently it's been all this data competition stuff but now that we're back sort of on SaaS stuff and microconf is coming up now i'm thinking a lot more about SaaS stuff and so i think it's fine to sort of oscillate between these things um yeah so if you are feeling good about you know actually getting stuff done in file inbox i would lean really hard into that and like don't worry about losing your ability to come up with crazy ideas um you will have plenty that's reassuring I, okay i'm clarifying this thought then i think i think going forward as long as i have closed work to be doing so like this file inbox project is defined it's very clear cut there's a whole bunch of work to, to be doing i think it makes sense to just put my head down go through the work get it done as fast as possible knowing that there's an end to it and then at the end i can pull my head back up and be like all right what's the next thing to work on because thinking about what the like this is very defined you can't just like develop an app forever um after this there's going to be things i need to think about of like marketing and like uh other stuff to bolt onto it and uh uh figuring out advertisements and things um and so that that is much more open work that's much more like exploratory reading books and stuff and having ideas and in the process of doing more of that open work um i think I'll, I'll inevitably just like find ah oh, here's the thing in marketing that I would love this tool for to, to be able to automate this. So let me bang with this tool really quick. Uh, okay, okay, that feels much better. What do you think this structure that we're doing of this co-working would fit in more of an open model? Like that doesn't feel as structured to me. If we're spending 25 minutes like coming up with ideas for how to market stuff, I or like you know read deploy empathy for 25 minutes. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, so what we're doing with the co-working stuff is very much closed work kind of kind of stuff um if you were interested in coming up with ideas sort of stuff still in the co-working model then i would have to listen to his talk again or there's a book now he has a very prescriptive way to do it um it's basically like you have a defined amount of time and so like we have that with co-working but i think it's i think it's more like two hours i, I can't remember and he's basically like for the next two hours like you just think about everything it's basically like a brainstorming session right whatever you want um he has some more prescriptions as well. I have to re-listen re to the talk, but um, yeah. So I think that's more like what it would be. It'd be like, um, you know, we just and and maybe this is. So when we do co-working now, we have muted, you know, everything muted. Maybe during open time, we uh, have it unmuted and talk to each other more like a brainstorming session. Like yeah. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense because that that is much more collaborative. That's much more open. That's much more just like take ideas and, and stick it on the wall. I'm reminded of my favorite class and probably the most useful class I could, took in undergrad was on human-centered design. Uh, the professor, Kate Canales, is a alumni of IDEO and frog design. IDEO uh, famously worked with Apple and designed the mouse and uh, a couple of other key things. And she taught us this process of having ideas and it involves so many sticky notes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it, it starts off with this like this totally divergent. Like, you start with a question, and then you can make the question more uh, more uh, focused by saying uh, how might we. So, if you're thinking about I don't know uh, how can we get places faster, uh, you might frame that as how might we get places faster, and that that is now going to make it more. Uh, uh, more narrowly defined, like okay, well, you know, we we could get a car. Okay, well, how might we get a car? And that we're we're drilling down. 
versus why would we want to makes it more broad. So if you start with a question of like, how do we get more places? Well, why would you want to? Well, because we need interactions with uh, other humans, and then that might lead you down to, okay, well, how might we get interactions with other humans? We can drill back down and say, uh, well, we, we could be on Zoom. So you can, you can sort of traverse the level of complexity that way. And then once you're on a question that feels like a good question, and you can be sticking down in sticky notes, all the, the interesting questions in this, then you uh, collaboratively take turns writing down ideas on sticky notes, and you put those next to the questions. So for the question like, how might we get places? You might write down, uh, we could have a jetpack. <laughs> and then you put the jetpack <laughs> down. We might have a paramotor and paramotor on. You put that down. Um, and then from that, so that's just like, uh, she, she had this model of uh, little turtles uh, that she learned from a British man. So she, when she was quoting him, she would say, little toes. Uh, the idea being turtles are a uh, K-type species. I think it's K versus N. Uh, they, they have a whole bunch of children. And uh, the game is just have so many that some of them will survive. And that's the game right. with ideas. Uh, you know, the jetpack idea is ridiculous, but this is a game of little turtles. We just need to get more ideas out there and then uh, some of them are, are going to be good. So then once you've gotten all the ideas out there, you can prune them. So uh, that, that was a summary of an entire semester. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I think in more open versions of work, once we've gotten through our defined like head down closed work, um, it would make sense to do something like that IDO process for what the next version of work be. So I, I would get so much value out of doing that with you of like marketing uh, and starting that with the question of how might I grow the uh, income of file inbox, uh, grow that MRR. Uh, and then you could say, well, why would you want to? <laughs> I would say, oh, actually, <laughs> maybe I don't need to do that. Uh, but, you know, we come up with the different questions in that and then um come up with different ideas and then from those ideas you can you can interact with it and then i could do the same for you and then that would then define the round of closed work okay that feels really good i feel like we got a we got a whole little framework here of like how to do all types of work uh that makes a lot of sense uh i was just talking for like six minutes straight oh did you do you have anything to say <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think that's great. Um, I recognize when you talk about little turtles that the same thing applies to the Kaggle competitions that I've been doing, for example. Mm. Like at the beginning, you just want to explore as much as possible. And so you do lots of experiments and you just look at lots of bits of the data and it's really messy and everything. And then you find like little bits of signal. And then um, in the next part of it, you switch to like extracting as much as possible from mm. the little bits that you found. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's probably how most of all work goes really like you mm. you have this exploratory process and then you have more diving down process um yeah i that'd be really neat to try i think cool sounds good uh after i wonder if we'll stay synced in this like i've got at least three weeks of stuff to be doing on file inbox uh that that feels like it might be a longer period of defined work um then async.dev uh Wait, hold Acorn on. Chat. No. Acorn Chat. Thank you. <laughs> async Dev is my other one, which uh, it, it is not like I, I stopped working on it because, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about all this before, but I, I'm curious what to do with it because that mm. domain name is costing me some money every year. And so do I let it go? It's a really good domain name, and I really like yeah. the general idea, uh, but you can't hold on to something just because it's really good sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess if we become unsynced, if one of us finishes our uh, closed, exploitative, uh, convergent work first, 
the other one could just take a session of like, okay, well, let's let's have more of an exploratory session. Let's have some yeah. an, an open work time to then define the open work for you, or to to define the closed work for you. And now we're back synced up of uh, head down, we're working on stuff. Does this sound about right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't since we are working on such different projects, we can't like have open time for both of us at the same time. And so, mm. yeah, I think it'd be fine to yeah take twenty five minutes out of closed work time to do open work for the other person. I think that's fine cool okay that feels really good neat uh cool okay that was the first thing that i wanted to say about co-working the second thing we talked last time about admin work for me and yeah. came up with this compromise of like you would start me on the uh admin bomb and that happened twice last week um and both times i was able to do it all the way through i, I got an extra bomb for uh, 25 minutes and on every day we weren't working together and on every day you didn't remember to do it i didn't do it <laughs> and, and i hate that and yeah. i there's just this like emotional resistance of man i just don't i just don't want to do it i i just i'm just throwing a little fit inside i'm, I'm a two-year-old that's kicking i'm like no i did i did the file inbox work I wanna, i'm done <laughs> now i want to go work on the flashcard thing or <laughs> go go on my paramotor uh i don't know what to do about that i like I, I, at the same time, want you to be more strict and don't because, <laughs> because I hate it. Uh, yeah. I, that's, that's, uh, that's where I am. I, yeah. I, that's why I like, that's why I suggested doing it as your first palm. I don't remember. Did, did you say no to that? I don't remember why you, uh... the idea of that just, I just hate it. I okay. like, I'm, as it is today, I'm like looking forward to it and I don't want to lose that. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid because this is such a new habit. If I, if I try to change it too much especially in the direction of like, I'm just feeling so much emotional res resistance to it yeah. uh, that, that the whole thing will come crumbling down. So like, I really want to just lock this in of like, okay, I'm riding this wave of feeling really excited to start work, uh, you know, at this, at this time. Uh, yeah. I agree that that would be a good solution. I just don't, I just don't feel ready for it. I also feel like such a wimp. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here and people, you know, there's, there's, uh, a humanitarian crisis in Ukraine and people are like fighting for their lives. And I'm here just whining about like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to spend 25 minutes a day. We're going to work that I kind of don't want to do. Uh, I just, yeah. yeah, but that's, I don't know. I don't know. What did you have a meeting once a week with your executive assistant? Is that right? Correct. What day is that on? Uh, Tuesday usually. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. So, I mean, does it make sense for me to say, like you have to do some work, I assume, for that every week. Yeah. So like on Mondays or Tuesday, like if it's before, that's the day I will absolutely enforce that you do an administrative POM. Okay. Uh, other otherwise, only if you want to, which is probably never. But like, is is one administrative POM a week before just before your meeting with your executive assistant? Is that enough to do what you need? Is it enough to do what I need? I mean, zero a week is enough to just scrape oh, by, okay. <laughs> and then I can just be like putting fires out as they come. But that's not that's not how I'd like to be living. <sighs> I'm behind on stuff right now, so I feel like right now the right amount to do is one palm a day. Oh, a day? <sighs> maybe maybe I need to be focusing on the outcome of this instead of just like dreading what the actual work is. Because the outcome of this is like I have these opportunities sitting in my inbox that I'm just not pushing forward because I haven't done them. And there's some minutia of just things I need to take care of that would make my life better. I just don't want to get started on doing it. So, <laughs> I 
Is there so like a bigger reward I could give myself or uh, I don't know. Th- think about it this way maybe. Uh I have heard that for especially developers, you want to be spending about half your time developing and half your time doing marketing and administrative stuff. Uh, I'm asking you to do 20% of your time as administrative <laughs> stuff, which is one palm out of five, right? Yes. Uh, so really, I'm letting you get away, me as your boss, I'm letting you get away with a lot less uh, administrative work than you should be doing. All right. Um, that, that I don't know if that helps. Much better framing. That actually does help. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I'm getting away with something. Okay. 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 I think for this next week, my goal is just to suck it up and just do it. And I'm going to frame it as I should be doing much more. I should be doing like another four palms on on administrative stuff, but I get to get away with one. And the outcome of doing that is disproportionate. I get like a whole bunch of stuff done and get a, a whole bunch more balls pushed into other people's courts where stuff gets done and i have this executive assistant now and so if i if i want to push more of those things in her court i can be doing that too so that's fun and uh it's gonna feel so much better doing that than not doing it uh i i was listening to a podcast about uh uh like like uh grit and emotional resilience and like this idea of, of getting started and stuff and they also drew this analogy too getting into cold water oh it was uh tim urban interviewed on the lex friedman podcast uh tim urban's the author of wait but why wait but why and he's yeah. talking about the same sort of process and, and uh how it feels a lot like getting into cold water that like you have this intellectual intellectualization of like how much it's going to hurt to get in the water and you're just like thinking about that and uh he described the same thing i've described of like you're walking around this cold pool and you can you can just pace back and forth for like hours <laughs> before before actually jumping in um, and that people who are really good at getting things done, like Elon Musk, uh, Tim Urban famously wrote a bunch of really interesting interview pieces about Elon Musk and uh, Elon's philosophy. Um, so, so Tim Urban's uh, view of Elon Musk is that he has eradicated that sort of resistance. That if there's hmm. something that he's recognized, this is a thing I should do, that he just does it. If, if he recognizes, oh, I should jump into this cold pool, he just jumps in the pool. That's what I want. I want to train that out of myself. So this is this is my version of jumping into a cold pool. This is how I become more like Elon Musk. All right. That was my pep talk. We'll see how <laughs> it works. I'll report to you. Report to you next week. Uh, right. How many administrative palms I've done. Five. That's not that long. Five. It's like two hours and change. Nothing. It's fine. I can do it. <laughs> ah. All right. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, uh, I feel the same way about administrative stuff and marketing stuff. Um, as soon as I want to make uh, Acorn Chat, the Slack app, a, a real thing, I will need to do that as well. So I will join you in administrative palm stuff. Um, yeah, because I need the push as well. So, Brothers. All right. Uh, two tiny things I wanted to mention. I read a fantastic sci-fi novel series uh, called The Three-Body Problem, and it was great. I would highly recommend it. Uh, mentioned that to you before this podcast. You said you'd also read it. Loved it. it. It's uh, written by this Chinese author and the the Chinese. Uh, it's it's Chinese. It's it's Chinese sci-fi. There's the, all the characters have Chinese names, and the the culture is very different. And they talk about the uh, uh, cultural revolution is is how the first book starts. And my God, horrifying stuff they were doing. Um, yeah, it was, it was really really good. Really got me thinking, and, and like really good sci-fi, just left me sort of shell shocked. Of like, oh my God, what <laughs> what if this is actually what's going on? And, uh, and really good books, I think, change 
you and this book has changed me i really enjoyed it yeah i liked it too um i read the first two of the series um they both have like really great reveals in them um like even throughout the book not just at the end um yeah so i i tried starting the third book like two or three times <laughs> they're just really long books and yeah. uh, i got it from the library and i couldn't like get into the third one enough before i had to go back so eventually i'll read all three but yeah the, the first two i really liked yeah that's why i love audiobooks i have all these moments in my day now where mm, like yeah. as soon as i'm as soon as i get in the car i start an audiobook and yeah, man I, I drive for probably i don't know like half an hour a day and then there's a little bit of carryover of like well if i'm not doing anything immediately after it i'll, I'll listen to a little bit more um and i can get through like a book every week or a week and a half it's nuts uh just with a, a roughly half an hour a day um so i'm i've just been like chewing through books on uh fiction and, and nonfiction and stuff it's it's a lot of fun um one more thing i wanted to talk about the uh my my paramotor adventure has been pushed forward a little bit i went out with my family uh and the paramotor and like mixed up the gas at the perfect ratio you gotta mix it with oil and also uh raise the octane level and also have uh lead uh synthetic stuff in it and uh charge the charger uh the starter battery and I uh, got it up on my back and it's terrifying. <laughs> like it's heavy and there's this huge motor behind you yeah. and uh, tried to start it and it wouldn't start. And so I, I'd like prime the fuel pump again. And it's this whole complicated thing. And then it started and oh my gosh, it's just like this power behind you. It's, oh man, I was just barely on the throttle and it was pushing me forward. I'm uh, I'm really excited to to get up in the air with this. I can totally see how that thing compared with a wing flying overhead. Like, yeah, you could fly. You could, you could just fly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I'm uh, looking forward to getting that done. I, I'm thinking probably within the next like month and a half, I'm probably going to have my first solo flight. Uh, these things are sort of loosey goosey and really dependent on weather, but that's, that's the way things are looking. So I'm excited about that. Very cool. Yeah. Look forward to the first uh, GoPro video of you. Up Good. <laughs> You'll be the first to see it. After the onlookers, and <laughs> if I die, uh, probably other people on the news will see it. Got it. Also. Uh, but hopefully not. <laughs> uh, cool. We have some bombs to get to. So, Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.